Welcome to the Radio 191 FM podcast. But right now, um, we're joined by Wute Ihemaira, acclaimed author and celebrated, um, or just celebrated Aotearoa Kiwi, um, author of the books Whale Rider, Kingfisher, Come Home, and The Parihaka Woman. Now, Wute has finally written the book that he was born to write, Navigating the Stars, Māori Creation Myths, and he joins us now. Maureen, to you. Morena Otepoti. Yes. Yeah. Uh, welcome to the show. How um, are you? I hear that you just had your, your mayor on and he used to do your job. He, yes. Even better watch out because uh, if you're going to be the next mayor, my God. Too many skeletons, would he? <laughs> Far too many skeletons for that. Um, Right, a lot of us grew up um, with Māori myth being taught at schools Um, You know, um, all the classics, you know, Maui and the Sun, Tane separating uh, Ranganui and Papa uh, Tuanuku um, And Manga Oro um, forming the Milky Way Um, You know, these were taught to us at primary school as stories like any other Uh, And for Pākehā like me, uh, they were wonderful tales, but that was it uh, they were fables, but there's so much more than that to it, aren't there? They, um, I mean, I, it might be that we were just kids, but these myths are so much more than the iterations we were told as children. Well, um, as a kid, what I used to love doing was read Greek myths, you yeah. know, and I, I really enjoyed the stories, you know, of Hercules, for instance, and of um, um, the, the Kraken, you know. Um, one of the most favourite lines of mine from movies is release the Kraken from Clash of the Titans. Yeah, yeah. So, so what I've done with this is that I think I've actually um, released the Kraken, wetter wetter to fake it, or um, released the Tanifa. Yeah. Um, because uh, it, when it came to Māori myths, well, I knew that Māori myths were as fantastic as Greek myths. So I really wanted to, to, to write our version of Homer's works um, here in New Zealand, but, but show uh, New Zealanders that actually we've got absolutely fantastic um, myths and, and legends, what Māori call Pūrāko. And um, I think this is the first time that a Māori has actually written a bloody book like this. <laughs> well, so uh, previous uh, iterations of, of um, the tales have been written by Pākehā? Well, um, I think probably the last Māori who tried to do it was around, was um, a Sir Peter Buck way back in 1923 or 24. And, um, well, while I'm not knocking, uh, you know, um, the Pākehā um, versions, uh, what I really um, used to get upset about was going onto the internet and finding all of these really bad tellings. Yeah. And so because I'm a novelist, I wanted to write... Um, these uh, these Pudako, as a novelist would write them, as wonderful short, wonderful stories, really exciting cliffhangers, mm-hmm. and absolutely beautiful heroines and amazing uh, heroes. And uh, so, really, it's it's a whole book about. Um, um, uh, oh well, I guess you know about who we are, and it's it's going to be well. I hope. Um, one of those books that people will go to uh, when they are wanting, uh, you know, to write their own work because, uh, you know, you, you need really good inventory to write from the source. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and did these stories, when they were being told by your, by your nan, um, you know, did, did they, you know, really 
was, was that the beginning of your career as a writer? Was it you know down to the, being told these these um, myths as a, as a child and being so fascinated by them, and then uh, going forward and being fascinated by as you said before Homer uh, and his works? You know, was that um, the, the spark for you? Well, I'm glad you mentioned Nanny Minnie, and also my father's in there because um, they were the, they were my storytellers, and so they were the ones you know who really inspired me when I was a boy going down to the Marae. But I actually didn't write this book until I was way older because I just didn't have the I just didn't have the um, artistic um, sort of wherewithal to do it. And this is one of the reasons why I'm so glad to be coming down to Dunedin because there's some people there I want to meet, like. Um, H.G. Perry and Gareth Ward, because mm-hmm. now that I've done this uh, work on myths, I really want to start uh, writing fantasy, and I want to start writing science fiction. Wow. And so they're the latest, greatest um, on the New Zealand calendar. So I'm really looking forward to meeting them and catching up with old friends like Charlie Unwin, of course, and Vincent O'Sullivan, because um, one of the great things about festivals, as you know, is that and, 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 uh, in Dunedin, a lot of it is free. So, you know, I can go along without having to pay anything. <laughs> and and listen to all of these people. And um, it, it's kind of like, for me, another writing room to be in. And the opportunity to, uh, you know, to meet up with Diane Brown, of course, and uh, to meet up with Jared Savage and Steve Bronius and and especially Jacinta Ruru. I yes. mean, um, the book, Nga Kete Matauranga, that she's talking about at mm-hmm. the Dunedin Public Art Gallery on Thursday, is a beautiful and transformative book. So all of these brains, all of this intelligence, all of this beauty down there is going to be amazing for me. Um, one of the other sessions that I'm... The other session that I'm doing is called Love in the Time of COVID. Yes. And that's going to be on on Saturday, um, and I'm doing that with my partner in crime, and uh, Michelle Alvey, and she and I are offering an open mic on that morning. So we're hoping that lots of people will come along and share with us their poetry about lockdown, about um, the importance of of trying to send karakia into uh, a COVID world so that um, a world in lockdown can understand that we're here in New Zealand and we really want to send our aroha to them. Mm-hmm, indeed, indeed. Uh, and I'm going to touch on that in just a second, but just, just back to uh, navigating the stars. You're carrying on a tradition of retelling uh, these creation myths, be it in a written format. And for a modern audience, what, what do you mean when you say that it's a retelling for the 21st century? Well, um, for instance, um, a, lot of the, a lot of the stories have got uh, really great messages um, for um, um, the environment, about yeah. how we should handle um, the, the ocean, how we should look after forests and uh, what we should be uh, what we should do in terms of black lives matter i mean they are amazingly uh, contemporary mm-hmm. and i um uh in, in fact uh, there there are some wonderful heroines now in most times in myths um the heroines tend to be um the the young women who stand there and hand the sword um, uh, um to ursus so that he can play the dragon you know i mean they don't really do much else but in maori myths um, uh, women in, in, in them, uh, you know, have a much more positive and, and much more um, st- uh, stronger role to play. So, for instance, uh, most people know about Maui, but they don't really know about his sister, yeah. um, who had this absolutely fantastic arc 
in terms of storytelling narrative. In the past, that arc has only been told in bits. So what I've done in this particular story, uh, in this particular part of the book, is to tell her entire story so that um, uh, women and young women who read it will be able to see that the challenges and struggles of a young woman in our society were reflected in the challenges and struggles of Hina Uri um, in her time. Uh-huh. And, yet she, and, and yet she rose to prominence. But she, she didn't rise to prominence like uh, the others by having uh, godly gifts. She rose out of the, uh, out of the actions um, of, of her own magnificent self. Yeah, so there's a, there are a lot of lessons to be learned from, from these stories moving forward, right? Still lessons to be learned f- f- from the past. Oh, right. And because I'm a, I'm a novelist, um, you know, I've written them in ways that, that I, I'm, hope, I'm hoping will appeal to a younger generation. Because when you read the old myths, well, some of them are, you know, are, are really written uh, as ethnographic pieces. Yeah. They, are, they haven't been written, uh, you know, uh, for um, the beauty of the words. I mean, gosh, I'm blushing now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I've tried my, my best. Although it only took me six months to write this book, and um, that sounds amazing enough as it is, I've actually been writing it um, my whole life. That's right. That's right. So it's not, it wasn't your first um, throw at the dice. No, no, I'd actually tried to write it three or four times before. Uh, but I mentioned ethnography. For instance, I thought I needed to write it like everybody else wrote it, you know, with footnotes and from a historical point of view. And, uh, you know, everything had to be um, uh, a non-fiction and, and um, a truthful. And it is truthful, but I've also added in my own imaginative touches. Uh-huh. So, for instance, the stories of Rata, um, which I had written until I uncovered them and until I began to write them in my way, I don't think I actually came to grips with their excitement and with their inner majesty. And uh, I think that's what a novelist can do. Yeah, but I'm sure that was uh, what uh, most of the storytellers of the past did with these uh, myths as well, right? Well, all of us, what, what all of us do is that we actually bring ourselves to the work yep. and um, we are really fortunate um, in uh, you know living um, in today's literary world in that that's allowable in a way that wasn't in the past and I think this was probably one of my difficulties when I was trying to write this earlier was that um, the writer was never in the story mm-hmm. the writer was always somebody who stood apart from the story or stood outside it and wrote it from the outside but now we can get inside, and I think that's why uh, the stories are living again and why, uh, you know, uh, we are animating them in the same way that Taika Waititi, for instance, is animating Thor. So if people can think of maybe navigating the stars as, as my version of Taika Waititi's Thor, then I think they'll get the idea of how wonderful the book is. The book is. <laughs> and it is wonderful. It is wonderful. I've got it sitting beside me right now. Um, all right, so uh, you just mentioned before as well uh, this other project, Love in the Time of Cholera, uh, COVID, sorry, uh, a chronicle of a pandemic. Um, you know, what has COVID done for the creative community? Because one would probably think that uh, it's given a lot of creatives a lot of time for projects uh, and, and much fodder as well. Well, this is why Michelle Albion and I decided to do this. We started this at the very, very beginning of, of COVID, which is a, a year and a, uh, and, and a bit away now. 
because we could see that people were wanting to talk about COVID or write about COVID, but there was no platform for them. So um, your listeners might want to go onto the Love in the Time of COVID site mm-hmm. and see that we were able to then offer uh, people from around the world, and this is a you know, this is a New Zealand project. We're leading it from New Zealand. Yeah. This is New Zealand as, as a leader in the COVID world. Uh, you know, we really took on board um, that opportunity of saying, look, here's a space for you. It's a safe place. It's from New Zealand. But send in your work from Singapore, from the United States, from India, from um, around um, uh, the Pacific, from Mauritan, from, from here in, in Dunedin. Um, from Great Britain, from France, from Greece, from Italy. And we had all of these amazing illustrators and, and artists and poets. They all wanted a place where they could gather. So it's a marae, and I'm so really proud of it that it is a New Zealand marae. And they're all coming down here in terms of, of, of their writing yeah. and actually telling us what it is, how difficult it is to live in Spain or how difficult it is to live in Brazil. And it's, it's just been one of the most profound things um, I've ever done. And I'm sure that, um, that Michelle will say the same thing for herself. That's amazing. That's amazing. Right. So on Friday the 7th is when you'll be talking uh, with Jacinta Ruru uh, about your latest book, Navigating the Stars, Māori Creation Myths. Uh, and then on Sunday the 8th at 9.30. On uh, Saturday the 8th. Saturday the 8th oh, oh yeah that's right why have I put it on Sunday <laughs> jeepers creepers uh, with, with Michelle Alvey um, talking about the, your project that you obviously um, love very much love in the time of COVID a chronicle of the yeah. pandemic but before we go there's one thing I've got to tell people to do and that's to turn up at writer's work writer's walk because Essie Summers whom I met before she died is, is going to have um, her plaque um, uh, unveiled there and you know she was one of New Zealand's greatest writers. She sold 19 million copies of her books in over 105 countries. Amazing. She was New Zealand's Queen of Romance and writing High Country Canterbury. And I read The Lark in the Meadow and Moon Over the Alps. And I tell you, uh, you we need writers like her. You need writers like me. You need writers mm. like H.D. Perry and Gareth Ward to keep on writing New Zealand into existence and into the future. Indeed. Indeed. I, I um, wholeheartedly agree with with that uh, sentiment, indeed, and I can't wait as a sci-fi nerd uh, for you to start writing some sci-fi. <laughs> I'm excited well, I, about I, that. I have actually started some short stories, and I'm loving it. Yeah, you know, I'm loving the uh, opportunity to get out of my own world and get into someone else's, or get into you know characters uh, you know who um, um, are looking forward into the future. Amazing, amazing. Hey, well, it's been an absolute honour and pleasure. Thank you so much. I'll see you soon. You'll see us soon down in Ōtiputi. Have yourself a wonderful day, and we will see you next week. Cheers. Kia ora. All right. Well, you'll be in town next week, talking on Friday the 7th. Tickets are selling fast for that one, so please jump on Dunedin Writers and Readers Fest and um, on online and find ticketing details there for, for both the shows. This was a Radio 191 FM podcast. All of our content lives online at r1.co.nz.